Hello, I'm Sean McCangus, and this is episode 11, season 2 of the Highland League podcast. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to Turriff United goalie, Fraser Hobday. In this interview, he talks about his career from starting at Huntley to starring for Peter Heed in League 1 and League 2, and much more. Hope you enjoy this interview. What was your first experience of football? Um, I remember when I was a lot younger, obviously, um, must have been about seven or eight, um, just playing for the school. Um, I didn't actually start playing football for a football team, um, apart from the school up until I was about 11. Um, and I joined Stonehaven, I lived in Stonehaven, um, so I joined Stonehaven, uh, started playing away there actually started my career as a centre-back um I played for about a year as a centre-back um and I think it was because of the the goalie at the time was uh, a year older than us and he wouldn't make the the age cut for the next season I remember it was like a pre-season friendly I kind of just got chucked in goals and uh, I had a really a really good game and that was it after that I was uh, I was a goalie for up until now so so I sort of got got into it. Um, yeah, like I say, the at school I went to school with a, a a lad whose dad was a manager of the Stonehaven team. He played on the school team with me as well. So that was how it sort of came about, and it was it was a decision at the time because I loved football. Um, uh, obviously, I wanted to play football, but I'd actually been told the year before that there wasn't enough space for me in the football team at Stonehaven. So. Um, I, you know, I was just playing with mates, and I was actually uh, doing a lot of swimming at the time when I was younger. And the training, the football training, was on the same night as the swimming classes. So I had to had to make a decision whether I wanted to continue swimming or whether I wanted to go and play football. So um, I ended up picking to play football, and it's obviously uh, been the right choice. So yeah. So um, how did the move come around to to get involved in in with Huntley? Um. um like I say, I started at Stonehaven, um, and I had been going to. I was quite good mates with a boy f- at school who played for Cove, um, and their goalie left, so I ended up going to Cove um, uh, under 16s. And I remember finishing the season really strongly there, um, played really well for them, um, and that kind of that kind of. Um, sort of brought us all around really I then the next season after that I joined the Cove Rangers 17's development so I was there um, it was actually Graham Matheson who's our assistant manager now um, who was the manager at the time him and Tommy Forbes who's the manager at Banks of D so um, you know it was <clears throat> I'd gone there um, and I'd had a well I didn't I had quite a poor season when I was at Cove um, and then after that season I was released by them they basically so um, yeah I was released and then I had gone to CBC Hilton at just the, the under-19s team um, so I'm trying to get myself back playing and get enjoying it again um, and their their manager there was so it was kind of like a feeder team into the Huntley youth development mm. um, 
so I ended up um, I ended up going up the road for a, a, a trial day, let's say, um, and. I remember the manager, I couldn't actually, can't actually remember his last name, I remember his first name was Willie, but he sort of just pulled me aside at the end and said, listen, do you want to come and, come and have a, play a game for the under-20s? Um, at Huntley, how did you feel about that? So I remember that was how I sort of got into Huntley. I remember playing out, playing a few games for their, their development squad um, and that was it. I kind of just stuck about, um, eventually invited to train with the first team and then I was kind of in in and out of the CBC Hilton team and going on away on loan spells to junior sides, um, which was a bit weird, obviously, because most of the most of the players were we were playing under 19s, and um, I kind of found myself in a bit of a weird situation. Like I was going on loan from an under 19s team to a, a junior side, yeah. um, and ha- I had spells spells in and out of the Park Vale side. Um, and trained most of that season with the with the Huntley first team, um, and then it wasn't until the season after that um, I was sort of pre-season with Huntley, um, and I was convinced probably that I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna continue there as the opportunities were you know getting smaller and smaller, and then out of out of nowhere, um, I think Dave McGinley was the manager at the time at Huntley. He was sacked. And Greg Carroll came in as the manager, um, but that was come near the end of the season. Um, and I remember just training away with Huntley the whole season, trying to, you know, obviously I was on the bench a few times for them, um, but I didn't really get a look in at all. Sean Barney was a goalkeeper at the time there, um, and then it was a it was a strange, strange uh, twist of fate really. Um, uh, I was playing for Park Vale and I remember just getting a phone call after one of the games saying that Sean who wasn't coming back um, they wanted me to be at training and then the weekend after that Greg Carroll spoke to me and was just like yeah you'll be playing against Wick on Saturday um, after I played that game I mean I think I went on to play most of the games the rest of that season um, with Richard Bowman who'd come back to, to Huntley which was obviously great for me because he was um, a really good role model for me over over those times. So, so what was Greg Carroll as a as a manager? Because he seems to be known as quite. He's not scared to express um, his feelings towards if you're not playing well. Yeah, no, I thought I thought Greg Carroll was brilliant. To be honest, um, like say, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes around it. People are scared of him and stuff, and and that. But uh, I kind of wish. That my only wish was I actually got to play under Greg, you know, when he was when he was at Bucky and, and the Vale, obviously, because um, I think at Huntley it was there was obviously a lot of circumstances at Huntley that mm. sort of meant that it didn't didn't really go the way it should have with with Greg as manager there. Um, but, you know, you could, I mean, it was great. It was great to play under him. Um, I thought he was really good with it, with myself anyway. Um, he would like to say he was one of those managers where, um, like say he wasn't scared to tell you whether when you were playing badly if you'd made a mistake or, or what you needed to do. Um, and yeah, no, I I enjoyed my time playing under Greg at, at Huntley. Um, like I said, I wish I wish he was 
sort of given more time there and um, it, it, it worked out for the better. His first season was pretty bad um, considering conceding like 100 goals. So what was that like being in a team near the bottom and, and struggling? How did you cope with, with that? I think I think as a young goalkeeper, um, you know, people people always be like, "Oh, you're letting in a lot of goals, letting in a lot of goals." But I think the the it, I mean, it's not great experience, but the the amount of situations you're dealing with in a game, um, it, it's so. You know, I think it's actually stood me in a better stead now because I feel more experienced when it comes to dealing with certain situations because I've dealt with them so often. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's not great at the time because obviously you're looking at other goalies and, you know, they're finishing the season only length 40, 50, I know it sounds a lot, but it's still mm. length, like 30, 40, 50 goals in a season and compared to your 112, um, it looks it looks statistically, it looks bad. Mm. Um, but I think... Like I said, for a young goalkeeper, you can't really complain when you're only 18 and and you're starting every week for a Highland League side. I think you just have to take you have to take them and just keep trying as hard as you can, um, keep playing as well as you can. Um, so I think for me at the time, I just saw it as experience, experience, experience. You know, not not many like I say not many 18 year olds were getting to getting to start every week for a Highland League side and week in, week out. So um, I I just saw it as a positive thing, really, that Greg kept faith in me no matter, and uh, and whoever was manager there at the time kept faith in me no matter what the score was, really. Um, obviously, there's always going to be goals where you think, you know, mm. I should have done better there, or I should have saved that, or you've made a mistake that's led to a goal. or But ultimately, if a team's letting in, you know, five, six goals a week... You know, it's not necessarily always a goalkeeper's fault. So, um, what what was it like um, when the the internet seemed to blow up with your Wikipedia page? What was it like <laughs> with seeing all the articles and stuff mentioning you and, and stuff? Uh, yeah, obviously, it was like I said, I was only young at the time. Really, I'm still young, but at the time, I was sort of seventeen, eighteen. I mean, it kind of just started off as like, was this a? I mean. It, it was kind of strange. It was just a small little... It, it never really meant to be anything for me. It was just like a small little project, I suppose you could kind of say. And, um, I'd just started writing it and it just sort of, like... It was just kind of funny and, like, I was just adding to it, like, every night or just, like, adding extra bits of information to it. And, um, yeah, no, it kind of just caught me by surprise, really, because I didn't, I didn't get a phone signal where I used to work. So I kind of just came, came out of work and my phone was going like absolutely mental like tagged in loads of stuff and I was like what's going on and then loads of phone calls from the papers and stuff just asking like about it and I mean it was uh, I look back at it now it's just it, it's just a, a comical moment I suppose um, like I said I never really meant anything by it or didn't really think it would come of anything I just was going about my daily business and it just kind of blew up and I had no idea about it so um yeah, I know. I mean, it was it was a funny time, but I think that um, it really helped. Well, I mean, it helped re- my reputation slightly, I suppose, um, because people will always refer to that. Mm. Um, 
or know me as that person. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that it's deleted now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tried to, I tried to have it reinstated when I signed for Peterhead. Obviously, uh, I think the the Wikipedia page states that you have to have played at a professional level to to be able to to hold an account as a, a sports person on it. So, um, yeah, but I don't think I think they took it down as as soon as it sort of blew up. So, yeah. So um. So how how did the the loan move to Peterhead come about? Um, like I say, it was in that first. I think it was in my third season at Huntley. Um, you know, I, I just signed. I pretty much just signed a long term contract. Um, Greg Carroll was still the manager, so obviously I was happy to be there. I was happy to be playing every week. Uh, I know things weren't going great there, but. Like I say, the experience was so good for me, um, and I mean, it also happened so quickly. Uh, Greg left, um, and like I say, it kind of just all got on top of me. Really, the the losing every week, and mm. um, <clears throat> Doug Baxter came in uh, as manager, and Mark Gray, they were sort of co-managers. Um, and I just, I remember sort of thinking to myself, you know, like, you know, I was quite ambitious. Like, I'm quite an ambitious person. Want to play? It's the same as any any footballer. They, they want to play at the highest level they can for as long as they can. Yeah. Um, winning games, winning trophies. I think that's what it's really all about. Um, being able to look back at your career at the end of it and say, you know, wow, I played that amount of games. I, I won that trophies. We did this. We did that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to go and make something of it. You know, I built myself a good base, um, and there was a, there was a few changes at Huntley that sort of not spelled the end for me. But I just I just wasn't particularly too happy, um, too happy there anymore. And I'd started training with Montrose and Peterhead, so I was kind of training like four nights a week, um, and you know I. I've gone in just for the extra experience and uh, and the training, which was really good at the, both clubs, obviously, to let me train with them, uh, especially as I wasn't assigned player to either of them. So I was training away down in Dundee with Montrose on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday night, um, which was really good exposure for me because both of their goalkeepers were on loan from uh, St. Johnson and Falkirk, I think. So they never used to train on the Tuesday and Thursday nights. So I, I used to just go in and basically it was all me, like but all the shooting drills and crossing and finishing, and which they did quite a lot of at the time. So, um, uh, yeah, so it was really good good exposure for me because uh, training at that level obviously boosted my, you know, my <clears throat> skill set at the time, let's say, um, and playing with a higher standard of player as well, you know, sort of helped me as well. Going into Peterhead training, I was with them on the Wednesday night. Um, you know, training with the likes of Rory and stuff. Then, you know, it, it, of course, it's going to up your standard because um, it, it became a challenge again for me to, to, you know, to have to deal with different situations and stuff. So, um, that I was training with them most of the season. It came to the end of the season, and I was still under contract at Huntley. 
which was obviously why they wouldn't let me move. They wouldn't release me, so I could I could sign on with Peterhead. So I think I think I had two years left of my contract, hadn't I? So the deal was kind of just to go there on loan. I kind of saved them having to you know fork out money for me, which at the time they didn't know who I was just as much. You know, like um, Peter obviously had seen me training and stuff, but they'd never seen me play a game or anything. So they weren't really going to just fork out money for me, I suppose. Um, so that was the original agreement was to go there on loan, um, which, you know, to me was, was absolutely fantastic at the time. Like what an opportunity to, to go, but to the, to the outside world, I suppose it's a strange move to see someone, you know, a 19 year old goalkeeper go on loan from, from Huntley to, to two leagues higher. Um, but that's it. Just sort of came around through <clears throat> training with the club, and um, and that that was it. Really, I remember just getting a phone call from from Martin Johnson, who was the general manager, just saying, "Listen, like I'd obviously spoken to Jim McAnally, and he had um, said that they were willing to take me on loan for the season, um, and with Doug Baxter and Mark continuing at Huntley." Um, you know, I through circumstance I'd sort of burnt my bridges with those two, so um, I just kind of it was my only option at the time to, to move on to to Peter, so that was how, how I felt my opportunity was best to go there. Yeah. What What do you recall about your your first appearance for Peterhead? <laughs> um, I remember actually it was um, my first actually <clears throat> my first actual appearance for them was I think it was Brora in the Iron Brew Cup on uh, Wednesday night I remember Jim phoning me late on on the Wednesday just saying that uh, Smithy was injured and obviously well I, I don't know if I've been playing anyway but I remember him saying to me Smithy was injured and that I'd be starting tonight so just sort of prepare myself he, he, he knew like <clears throat> I got quite professional outlook on football as well so obviously I prepared myself whether or not I was playing but remember in front of me just saying listen you'll be starting tonight so um i remember going up and you know doing the warm-up and that and i was pretty buzzing about it um i remember we were two nil down i said well i think we were two nil down just past halfway and i remember rory McAllister coming on and I, I can't remember whether he scored a hat trick or we came back and won three two and I remember just thinking, like, to myself there, you know, like, that was the first time I'd ever seen somebody come on from the bench and just influence a game like that mm. so quickly. Um, so, yeah, no, I remember that being my first actual real start. But at the weekend, again, it was a pretty similar situation, really, with Jim spoke to me and said that Smithy was still injured and was struggling for Saturday. So that <laughs> I'd be starting. Um, so I remember going up on the Saturday I was quite nervous because on the Wednesday night I mean it was pretty quiet there wasn't many fans or anything going about but I remember on the Saturday it being absolutely even like four or five hundred people there mm. uh, Albion Rovers at home obviously we had started this season off not not great so um, we'd done well actually in the cup at the beginning of the league cup at the beginning uh, I remember we went down to Ibrox on the Tuesday night um, 
yeah, the Albion Rovers game. I remember picking up Man of the Match and my first league start. Um, I had a few great saves. We actually ended 2-2, but, um, you know, I was just I was just buzzing at, at the fact that, you know, yeah, it's kind of been against all odds, really, um, because I hadn't had a real sort of a real big background in football. I hadn't sort of climbed to the top at a youth uh, set up at Aberdeen and made my way down through the through the leagues. Mm. I've kind of kind of come up the way, you know. I played amateur football, played junior football, um, I played youth at Huntley and Cove, and then I played Highland League, <clears throat> and then went on to play in League One. So, I mean, it, it was a big, it, it, it was a bit overwhelming, and also like. I was just so buzzing at the time, um, and like I say, I was against all odds. Really, I didn't. No, no one expected me to to sort of sort of do that. So um, I remember actually comments from a few a few players I played with. Sort of, they knew they knew how big I was dreaming. You know, every every young kid really dreams of making it far in the game. Um, I remember a few a few people I'd played with and sort of said, "Well, listen, I think I think the boat sailed really for for the full time aspirations of playing pro football and that." So that kind of just spurred me on a little bit to mm. to go and prove them wrong and prove them that I can't I can't go and play at that level. Um, my only my only thing was that it, you know didn't, it hasn't quite uh, gone on for as long as it, I'd hoped it had, um, but there's not anything to say that in the future I won't go back to that level so like playing under Jim McAnally brilliant to play under the longest serving manager in Scotland hmm. um, it's a real a real eye opener into um, into well just into football really um, it was great to play under him it was a really good Really good with the players, really good with the boys. Um, a, a real, a real professional, let's say. Um, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed every minute playing at Peter under Jim. I thought he handled me really well. Um, like I say, he was a another character that you know told you when you weren't doing well, boosted your confidence when you needed it. Um, and the thing I can't thank him enough for. So it was. Uh, you know, just dropping me in. Really, um, like I say, it's <clears throat> easy for these professional clubs to, if their main goalkeeper is injured and they've got somebody on the bench who's, you know, there to do a job, uh, you know, it's easy for these clubs to, you know, go to a Dundee United or go to an Arbery and say, listen, come in, have your under-20s goalie on loan for a month mm-hmm. until our first choice is back recovered and stuff. So, can't thank Jim enough for having the faith in me that he did, I suppose, at the time, because without that, I probably wouldn't have played the amount of games that I did. Um, although I would say that my performances at the time probably back to the decisions. Um, so, yeah, no, I can't I can't thank him enough, but it was really, it was really good playing under, playing under Jim. You played in um Iron Brew Cup game um at Tanadice. How big of an experience was that for you playing at like an SPL club's ground? Um, like I say, again, it was similar to the 
it all came round so quickly. Um, the making my debut, making my league debut, and then going to Tannadice, it all kind of sort of happened in the space of like two, three weeks. So it was the occasions they were they were all sort of accolades that I was picking up that I hadn't before. So. Um, you know, the whole day to me was sort of a special occasion, really. Um, you know, it was, it was it was all I really dreamed of was playing football at the highest level, and it was sort of happening right in front of my eyes. So I kind of knew on the day, listen, like I got to go down there with the right attitude, got to prepare myself physically and mentally, train well through the week, train hard through the week. You know, all the all the things you have to do, prepare, eat well before, sleep well before. Um, and travelling down on the on the Saturday, it just felt a bit surreal, really, that I was actually going to go and play at Tannadice. Um So I remember it was just like say, the occasion was was so big for me personally. Um, I just remember going there on the day, um, and Smithy was fit actually. Um, he was fit, and I. I Obviously, that sort of, as a young goalie, that sort of sends sends doubts into your mind. You know, like yeah. will I play? Will I not play? Obviously, so I wasn't sure whether uh, Graham would be fit or not, or whether they'd change things up. But because it was such a big game, whether uh, they would change it back to the to the actual squad or not. So, um, like I say, I, was, I suppose I can only thank Jim at the time for, for having faith in me. Um, Playing such a big game, um, I just remember there, <coughs> the, doing the warm up, going back inside to the dressing room, and on my way back in, obviously the stands were starting to fill up. I remember looking around, just thinking, like, you know, um, like looking at all the people coming in and thinking, like, wow, like to play in front of these many people, it's, it's such a great occasion. Um, you know, it doesn't when you look down at a football pitch, it always looks like always looks massive but mm. when you stood on it I remember thinking to myself like oh it's like not as big not as big and scary as you think it would be um, actually do it so um, but I knew that I knew personally it was an opportunity for myself to go and actually make a name for myself if I played well um, so I was just concentrating on on playing my game playing well myself doing all the things you need to do as a goalkeeper communicating well distributing well trying to stop the ball going in the net and uh, I remember it not getting off to the greats at the start I think they scored within the first minute um, there's a boy Scott Fraser I think it was hit shot from miles out <laughs> so flown in the top corner um, but I think he's down playing for Burton Albion now down in the, in League One so uh, can't take that away from him um, but you know I, I think it was almost the best thing that could have happened to me um, it getting off to such a bad start so I remember thinking to, I was sort of just thinking to myself like wow you know that's a standard he's just hit that from 30 yards into his top corner you know I got to up my game straight away I knew I had to up my game so um, but I suppose it goes with the old old saying like goalkeeper likes to get his hands on the ball nice and early in a game uh, I think it was about two minutes later I made a I made a decent one on one save and I think that sort of pushed me into the game really well. Um I remember I remember us equalising. Um Rory scored. I mean Rory McAllister was a guy for these occasions. Um he scored I think it was 
a really really good solo goal and then um, I think we scored again uh, from down the right and a ball in and he's headed it home um, and I think they scored as well so it was 2-2 at half time um, and again had a few good saves in the first half but when we went into the second half I was sort of down the other end where most of the fans were sitting and I suppose the adrenaline just sort of hit me really um, and I think that was when I made most of the saves was in the second half I think I had something like 13 or 14 recorded saves in the second half so um, obviously it was disappointing getting all the way to all the way to I think it was 117th minute 118th minute and they scored to make it 3-2 which was obviously devastating because when you're a goalkeeper and you're in that sort of form and you're going into a penalty shootout I'd have backed myself you know, to save two or three. Um, I prepared myself for penalties just in case. You know, I had I'd watched most of their penalties on on YouTube from their from the League Cup, so I, I sort of had everyone's names and that written down uh, where they would go. Had it had it uh, with me. Um, my glove towel at the side of the side of the goal, so um, I was sort of prepared for penalties if it went that way but it was just obviously it was devastating we lost in the end um, but I suppose it doesn't really take anything away from the from the occasion and the achievement um, and you know hearing your name going around to Anagise as man of the match you know you can't you can't really get much better than that I suppose from from where I'd come from six months ago being told that basically you're never going to play for Huntley again yeah. to, to starting for Peterhead in the in the cup at Dundee United I mean yeah it was it was a surreal occasion really yeah so um, after that you you moved on to to turn off was there ever our options on the table or did you ever think of staying at Peterhead to fight it out or or um, yeah I I had actually signed a new contract at Peterhead I'd signed a year extension now that was the the year I was there on loan was a fantastic year for me because I played so many times unexpectedly um, and it developed me so much and you know it really gave me a confidence boost and going into the second year I was working with Greg Fleming who I cannot thank enough either as a person he's helped me so much like technically uh, with the game with the goalkeeping um, he's probably been my biggest influence um, as sort of a you know, a, um, a role model, uh, let's say, someone that you can look at and go, you know, that's how I want to play every week. Um, so there's absolutely no reason why, uh, there's, a, there's no question why, obviously, they would have taken Greg there because he was such a great goalkeeper. Um, so, I mean, it, it was it was good to keep learning from him. Um, but it was coming to the end of the season. I think I played twice in the second season. I was there both in the Iron Brew Cup um, I hadn't played any league games and we missed out on promotion just and I was sat thinking through the summer and stuff you know did I want to I signed the contract obviously thinking you know like another year here you never know what's going to happen next season Greg could get injured this could happen you know I suppose as a goalie I mean you're waiting on you're waiting on something happening when you're second choice you're, you're waiting on a, a bad dip in form you're waiting for waiting for an injury, you're waiting for a red card to happen before you get your opportunity, I suppose. So, um, I, it just came to the end of the season. I remember just thinking, you know, I, for me, 
I just need to get back out and get playing again, uh, start enjoying it. Um, I suppose when you when you sit on the bench for so long, you are there for a purpose. You're you are number two. You're there to to back the first choice up. You're there to make sure that you know you're always fit and ready to go. Um, but I think once you sit on the bench for so long, you know, as as somebody, I mean, it'd be fair enough if you'd sat on the bench most of your career. But as someone who had played. You know every game since since I first started for Huntley, pretty much. You know I had to I had to make a choice to decide whether I was decide whether I wanted to be a number one or a number two, which is um, what Graham Smith said to me first year I was at Peter. I said to him, I remember at the end of that season, I wasn't sure whether Peter were going to come back in for me the next year or not. So I was trying to sort out other options. And I remember him telling me, you know, you decide whether you're number one or you decide whether you're number two. So it's up to you, really. Um, and I remember just thinking, you know, take his advice and go and be a number one again rather than decide to be a number two and wait on an opportunity or go and be a number one and uh, try and try and um, get playing every week. And, you know, you're playing well every week. There's no reason why you can't step back up to that level, but as a number one again in the future, I mean, it's different for goalkeepers because we can play on for so long. Um, and I suppose the, more, the older you get and the more experienced you are, the better you're seen as. You know, no one's gonna. I mean, it's. I say it's different as a goalkeeper. You've got uh, a thirty-year-old goalkeeper who's played three hundred games. Or you've got a 30-year-old goalkeeper who's played 10 games. You know, it's yeah. all based on experience and how many games you've played and how you know all those types of things. So um, I just I, I just didn't want to see myself uh, or or my skills sort of dwindle away sitting on the bench, um, which is obviously wasn't a, an easy decision to make because at the time, it, you know, it wasn't like I was. Uh, at the time, it was a hard decision for me because. I didn't want to drop from playing professional football back into the semi-pro mm. to struggle to get back up there because ultimately that's my ambition, obviously, to, to go and play always as high as you can for as long as you can. So, um, uh, And that is obviously my target, is to get back playing at, playing at a higher level. Um, but ultimately... I think first and foremost, you've got to be playing every week to have a chance of playing at that higher level. So, um, yeah, I had to take a I had to take a, a step to to the side to to go and play every week and, and prove I can be a number one somewhere. Um, so that's sort of what spurred me to go to Tariff. Um I sort of had a phone call from Rob McKinnon, who was the goalkeeper coach at, at Tariff, and Chris had spoken to me as well. Um, and as soon as I'd gone out to see, I'd gone out to see Chris and Dave Cormier out at the club, um, you know, and I was, I was sold, you know, that that's what I should do in my head. I need to go and play again. I need to go and enjoy football. Um, you know, the exposure won't be there for me if I'm sat on the bench, wasting away time. Thing. So that was, that was my, that was my, that, that was my focus at the time to to get back to playing. So, so how how are you? How have you found it, Tara, since you came back to the Highland League? Um, I mean, it's been a it's been a rocky journey, really. Um, the club, 
can't say I can't speak highly enough of the club. Um, you know, the, I think the thing actually that drove me to go to the club <coughs> was the facilities. Um, we've got our own grass training pitch. We've got our own Astro uh, training pitch. Um, the ground, you'll know yourself, is in tip-top condition. The pitch itself was a bowling green. Mm. Um, you know, the, <laughs> nice dressing rooms. Everything about the club, you're well looked after. Good, you know. It's all the small things that sort of add up. You know, the, you know, uh, I don't know, like, the, like you say, all those things they add up. You know, a nice ground to play at. Mm. Um, so that was what sort of made me want to go there in the first place. And due to the fact that Rob McKinnon was there as well, um, I've worked with Rod when I was training with Keith for a while, and he was schoolie coach there. I knew him well, so. I'd gone there, um, and it, there was such a core, uh, a young players there as well who you could obviously see they were very talented. Uh, just say Liam Strachan and Owen Cairns, you could quite clearly see that these boys had talent um, at the time. Uh, Boozer was still at the club when I first joined. They had leisure. Um, Dave Ross was still there. Um, uh, Xander, Ross Anderson, um, Tammy Bowden, James Chalmers, all these people were still, obviously James is still there, but um, they kind of solidified the squad. Um, they were the experience that the, the team needs just now. Um, so we started off the season really strongly. The first year I was there, I think we beat Huntley, beat Keith. Uh, Drew with locals, we we'd started off really strong, which was great. Um, but as you know, with a young team, you know inconsistencies, mistakes are going to happen. People are always learning at different rates and different levels, so you're never going to be perfect every week. Um, so, I mean, I suppose results. Are, I think we were beaten heavily by Fort Martin at the beginning of the season. Um, I think we took a few doings. Uh, I think we took one by Cove, Brora, twice probably. Um, although we did fight up there against them in the Scottish Cup. Um, so, what's what's great about the club at Turriff is the fact that there's so many young players and the squad's so, like, so tight-knit, really. Um and you can quite clearly see most of the players are obviously talented are going to be um, some of them obviously go on and play higher if they wanted to um, but the club the, the club itself is now heading on the right direction I mean it's been it has been has been a rocky two years really because it's just been up and down like say with a young team it's inconsistent most of the time although personally I'd probably blame myself mostly for this season Um not playing as well as uh, as I should have, and uh, that's just the thing with with goalkeeping. Mm. You're, you know, it, it, it's fine when you're playing well and not having that much to do, but when you know your team are conceding sort of thirteen, fourteen chances in a game, and you're not playing well either, it can be really difficult to play yourself out of that. Um, so I think that's been the hardest part for me has actually been this season personally. Um, it's just 
in the fact that you know a few mistakes for myself and the head goes down and like I say when when the team's conceding so many chances and so many goals you know you're making six or seven saves in a game mm. that you know you're saying well you know how am I saving that but you're making a mistake it's costing a goal you're you know four or five goals are going in and you know that it, it's 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 hard because you can feel so enthused but you can feel so down at the same time um so but I think that's obviously how everybody feels in the team because they're all young so um it was, it's just knowing that the club's moving in the right direction especially with the with the youth and stuff there's, there's some fantastic players coming through turf Luke Kinsella Owen Kinsella Dylan Stewart um, Angus Grant I think it's it's fantastic to see so many so many young players I really feel like we're getting a, a team together now that um, uh, you've seen glimmer, you see glimmers of it in games mm. you see but then you obviously see the opposite side of it when you come up against your locals, you come up against your formatters, you, you know, the, the time will come when the experience is there where the, these boys will stand up. But just now it's, you know, it's like they see it as a, a big team and, uh, you know, it's a tough game and that's that's quite difficult. Um, that's that's the difficult side of it for 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 me because obviously I'm at an age now where you know going into any game really I, I was going to a game believing that you know we can win this or um, but when you've got a squad full of young players I suppose it's difficult to get everyone believing you know we can actually win this game or and then obviously if a mistake happens and a goal goes in heads go down and that's that's what's difficult um, about the about the whole squad but on, on a whole we're moving in the right direction as a team you know, come next season, you know, I really feel that we could have a we could have a team that goes on and challenges goes on and challenges for, for silverware eventually and and pushes ourselves up the league table, regardless of what happens, because we're not with all the with all the changes that could possibly be coming hmm. um, with the league, we're just not sure how it's gonna look next season. So um you know what we need to focus on as a team is making sure we come back to pre-season fit, making sure we go into next season stronger than um, stronger than the other teams are. Um, but because we've got such a tight core of players, which is great, um, I'm confident that the team will go back in and we can start picking up results because I think that the games that we were losing, the, the teams that we should be competing with, we, we were losing, you know, 1-0, mm. 2-1. You know, three two, losing last minute goals that were just stupid, like giving away corners and conceding silly goals that ultimately have actually cost us a lot. Um, remember, we were one nil up against Keystock until about eighty third minute and lost two one. Um, same with Wick, we were one nil up up there, lost two last ten minute goals um, and lost two one up there. You know, all these points, you accumulate all these points over the season, we could be sat up probably 8th, 7th, 8th, going into the into the top sort of 6, because but those are the mistakes that happen and the goals that you concede that sort of put you down at the other end. And, and then you take your, you take your heavy defeats from your, your bigger oppositions and, you know, it doesn't look great statistically. But I think the boys know themselves that... If we continue the way we're going, you know, one day 
we will start picking up these results against the Vales, the Keiths. You know, we will start beating them twice a season, the Huntleys and all, all of those teams that are around us that we need to beat. Once we start picking up those points, I mean, there's no reason why we can't move on. And, uh, uh, you know, look at Rothless, how well they've played this season and how far they've finished up the league. Uh, we drew 2-2 with them on the first game of the season. We were 2 up. Um, we went up there. I think we were beaten 2-2-1 or 2-0. Um, but in it for most of the game. And this is a team that's sat third with so many class players. Um, and we're we're competing with that. So boys need to take confidence from the games that we compete with these teams and and start start kicking on. Yeah. Um, so looking at like... Um, the introduction of the Turf Ultras. What do you make of them? <laughs> um, it's really good, actually. Uh, you know, <clears throat> they obviously because the results aren't going our way. They obviously quite some some of the fans have stopped coming. Um, so the atmosphere is sort of getting a little bit quieter and quieter, and it's just great to have uh, a young core of players. Um, uh, sorry, not players, fans that are, that are in making a noise making it feel like, you know, this is football again. Mm. Um, so it's really good, actually. It really spurs the players on, um, you know, them singing songs through the game, banging their drums, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, it really helps. Uh, I think we beat Lossy Mouth 2-0 at home the other week. You know, and after the game, they're all they're all um, singing and chanting and all the players going off and that. And, you know, you show a bit of appreciation to them. They show a bit of appreciation to you. You know, it's... It's it's really good for the club to the club to have them in. Um, so yeah, no, I mean it's really really good. I like that. I like that side of the side of things with the fans and stuff. So um, it it'll all it'll all come good, you know. Once we start getting results and you know they're off singing their songs and that, it just makes it feel I think a little bit more um, a little bit more special to everybody. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that <clears throat> really happy that they're. So, looking back at your career so far, who who do you think's been the best player you've um, played against? Um, played against. Um, I mean, I must admit, I've played against a lot of good, a lot of good players. Um, one that stands out for me actually is um, there was a boy Ross Stewart that was at Albion Rovers at the time. I remember playing against him, and he just controlled controlled their midfield. He was a really good player, tall, strong, fast, scored goals. Um, I don't know. Played against Michael Chopper one time actually when he was at <laughs> he was at Alawa. Um, I was at Huntley. We played him in a preseason friendly, and he was just a different class. Like tell he played played at a higher level. Um, but if I think about if I go to, to Highland League. Um, Best players I've played against probably actually the boy um, at Aurora just now. Uh, he signed from Forres not long ago. Andrew, Andrew McRae. I always get mixed up between Jordan and Andrew, <laughs> but I think it's Andrew McRae. Yeah. Um, I think he's a phenomenal player. He's just got got it all. Um, reminds me actually a lot of like um, uh, Zander Sutherland and uh, who's the other lad that was at Fort Martin now. Um, who was at Brora before? Um, oh, Andrew Gregg. Yeah, Andrew yeah, Gregg. Yeah. It reminds me of them when they, you know, when they were both at Brora. Um, you know, they were just unplayable uh, at the time. 
Um, you know, but Andrew McRae is such such talent. Um, you know, I admire him. I think he's a great player. He's probably probably the uh, the most clinical I've come up against in front of me. Um, like, remember when we played Forest last season? I think he scored a hat trick in the first half hour. Um, when we played Brora this season, um, I mean, he's just clinical in front of goal. Um, small, nimble, you know, good in the air as well. Good with both his feet. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably absolute one of the better players I've come up against. Dale Gillespie as well. I think he's he's a good player. Um, like I said, he's strong in the air. Good going forward. That's but these are the teams that, you know, look at Brora's team, so strong all over the park. Um, so, so how are you keeping fit at the moment during this uncertain times? Um, mainly just going out running. Um, I just moved into town recently, so uh, there's a train line, like the old train line that runs out towards Bankery Way, so hmm. I've just been along running along that way. Um you know, it's a, a local park as well. It's not just too far from here. Um, just been down there uh, with the cones, doing fast feet and hill runs, and you know all the things that, that we would do during pre-season uh, sprints and and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty quiet. There's nobody out just now, so i um, just been heading out on my own, just doing a few runs here and there. Um, I suppose that's all you can do, really. Um, like I say, goalkeepers, it's a lot of core work, so. Just been doing lots of press ups, set ups, um, light light weights and that in the in the flat. So um yeah, no, I, I think I've done my fair share of keeping fit over the last couple of uh I like to keep fit anyway, really. Um during off season I don't really tend to not uh, stop playing football or that, so but it's just obviously hard with it with a with a um the way it is just now. Um I mean, it's been fine enough, um, but it would be good to hopefully get back to it soon um, with the team. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if ever, once everything's lifted and we're all back to pre-season, but we're, you know, we're not even sure whether we'll be we'll be back on time. So, so um, what what do you make of the proposals of in creating like a sixth tier um, in terms of relegation and promotion to the Highland League? Um. I mean, I suppose it's got its positives and its negatives, really, because, um, you know, my my concern with it is is that, you know, some teams won't uh, some teams won't have the the right facilities um, or the right sort of regulations you need, I suppose, to come into the island league or the island league. Um, so, I mean, it's. I think it's the right thing to do personally. Um, I think the problem with the Highland League is, it's the one problem with it is it's sort of a bit. If you're not if you're not got a chance of finishing in the top four, you know it's a bit stagnant. Yeah. Um, you know, down the bottom end, no one's really playing for anything. If you're out of the cups by November, you're out of all the cups by November. From November till sort of March, April when it's over. You know, apart from personal pride and and that, if your season's over by you know December, January, going into there, you're just playing for nothing at the end of it. Um, it obviously accept your personal pride, but that's. I mean, it's 
it's easy to say that. I think that's a cop out to say, oh, you play for your personal pride and that. I mean, it's it needs changed really. It needs some sort of um, it needs some sort of uh, plug into the main socket. Really, a, a bit of a change up, a bit of. A, I mean, even if you know, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure um, that creating a sixth tier is the the way forward. Based on the fact that there's so many teams down here in the in the junior league that probably don't have the the right stuff. The the right regulations except banks of d maybe mm. um you know I, I think i think the only two clubs in the junior sector are goldsby and banks of d to have the right stuff in place to go up um i mean it would be good to have a relegation from the highland league but i think really what they should be looking at doing is um depending on whether brora go up this year or not they're obviously still uncertain about that so i think they should just make they should the sixth tier. Should, I think they should cut Highland League in two really and mm. make it two smaller leagues. Even if it's even if they can boost the numbers up to twenty in the Highland League and then cut it in two and have two two tiers. I I don't know how that would work, obviously, because um, like I say, all, all the clubs that are actually in the Highland League have got the the right the right things in place so I suppose that's the way I, I think that's personally the best idea is to get two ten ten team tiers in the Highland League so you'd have your bottom team in the top tier and the next team go down and the two teams that yeah. go off the bottom I think is um, is the way it should be I mean at the end of the day in Highland League it, the way it is just now you're travelling to work you're travelling to Fort William mm. you're travelling to these places anyway so, even if you were in the bottom tier with Fort William, Wick, Strasby, you know, I don't think many teams could actually moan and say, well, it should be regional. Mm. It, you know, you'd be travelling there anyway. So, mm. um, so I think that would, that's, that, that would be my personal preference to see a two-tier Highland League um, promotion and relegation within that. The Highland League Cup stays the same. You still get drawn in with the big teams from the top tier um, it gives your teams in the bottom bottom uh, tier something to fight for so, uh, you know you're, you're sat sixth in that league but you're six points from second with five you know five games to go or something it gives that push to the end of the season you're still fighting for something um, and it's the same for the teams that are in the top end you're, you're either fighting to win it or you're fighting to stay in it. So um, I think that would be... Ultimately, I think that we are moving in the right direction. Something needs to be done to change it. Like I said, I think that the, the league has become a bit... Um, let's say uh, it's become just a bit stagnant at the at the bottom with the, the teams that are struggling and there's nothing to fight for at the end of it. Um, you know, and that's... The, that's the hard thing, you know. If, for example, Fort William finished fifteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, you know, they'd see that as a success just now. Yeah. And ultimately, that's not a success. It's finishing fourteenth in the league out of seventeen teams. Yeah. It's it needs it needs changed, in my opinion. I don't know how they do it or whether they go just create a sixth year, whether they they. I know that they had mentioned cutting the Highland League in two and making two tiers of that, so that's why I thought that was the best option. But they're definitely on to the right 
they're definitely onto the right thing to be changing it. So fingers crossed over the next couple of weeks things will become clear and there'll be some decisions made. Yeah. So my final question is um what are your personal um targets going into next season and just generally onto your career? Um for me personally, <clears throat> like you said, I think part like I've not had a great season this season. I know that myself. There's been a lot of sort of distractions about the about the playing side of things. Um, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I, I did have a bit of a fallout with the management at one point in the season, um, and and a result of that ended up out of the team. Um, I wasn't playing well, uh, you know. So I think for me next season, it's just about playing well. Um, you know, I enjoy football regardless. Um, so I'm not really fussed about enjoying it because I know I'll always enjoy it no matter what but I think it's just about going and playing well and, and, and proving you know proving that I, I need to well I need to I don't need to prove it I need to get back to the to the levels of performances that I was producing before um, um, my personal target for next season is obviously to whether I'm at Turf next season you know there's I hope I am then I've got you know, but things in football change so quickly. Mm. Um provided I'm there it's to, to help the team help the team get up the league and get the club back to where it should be, which is fighting for the fighting for the league, not not down the bottom area. Um and what a great bunch of great bunch of guys to do it with. So um that's that's my first target. Get back playing as to the to the standard and the level that I know I can I can produce and get the team up the league um, and see what the future holds really. Um, obviously, um, I, I want to be playing playing for playing for teams that are challenging for leagues. Mm. Um, that's why I signed for Turriff because at the time they were a team that were up there. Um, so that's that. Any player wants to be winning, winning cups, trophies, leagues, whatever. They want to be winning as many games as they can. So um, that's that's my focus next year. Um, and in regards to long term, um, you know, I still fancy myself for for a crack at a higher level. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think I've passed it yet. I think I've I think I've got plenty to offer. I'm only 24. Played almost you know 200 games. Uh, across across the levels of Highland League Junior, uh, and and at the in the professional leagues, League One, League Two, Cup games. So you know, when it comes to experience, I would uh, I would push myself up there. So um, yeah, I I'd like I'd like another crack at crack at the at the professional at the professional leagues. Um, I think second time round, I'd be able to sustain. A higher level of performances for longer, um, as they're probably more experienced and know what was coming, rather than going into it, um, you know, blindfolded really the first time. Um, so that's that's my long-term target. So obviously to return to pro football, um, but but next season I think first and foremost I don't think concentrating on anybody else is going to do me any good. Mm. I think it's I think it's a case of just head down, concentrate on my performances and get noticed and that's it that's the way it'll be. Thanks for listening to this episode.
You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. Hope you can join us next time for another interesting interview. Thank you.